Thank you for tuning in to the Simple Sophisticate Podcast, the show that is part of the Simply Luxurious Life online destination, cultivating true contentment, the art of living a life of quality over quantity. Visit the blog, The Simply Luxurious Life, at our simplified URL, tsll.co, or thesimplyluxuriouslife.com to find the show notes for each podcast episode, as well as much more weekly content to elevate your everyday and deepen your contentment. From a Monday motivational post, recipes, videos of the cooking show series, style and decor inspiration, French and British inspired content, and readers' favorite regular weekly post, This and That, which is posted each Friday morning. Now to today's episode. Welcome to the Simple Sophisticate Podcast, where intelligent living is paired with signature style. I'm your host, Shannon Abels. And whether you're listening on your commute, exercising, working in the garden, or sitting down with a hot cup of tea or a cafe au lait, thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Welcome to the 355th episode of The Simple Sophisticate. And with today's episode, we are slipping away vicariously, but still we are going there to Paris and largely France because my guest has written a book that is drawn from her inspiration of her time spent in Paris way back when she was a young girl and with her continued visits to the city of light and throughout France, she brings a wealth of knowledge about the French floral design and flowers and how the French approach bouquets and welcoming such a seemingly luxurious pleasure into everyday life. I feel fortunate to have on the show today, Sandra Sigmund, who is the founder of a floral boutique in Andover, Massachusetts, which which is just about a 30-minute drive outside of Boston. And she is also someone who is a kindred spirit in many ways, as you will see in our conversation. But let me talk about her book. Released this past March, titled French Blooms, Floral Arrangements Inspired by Paris and Beyond, she brings to readers who both love flowers, love Paris and France, an approachable guide to how to welcome beautiful blooms in a unique arrangement that in many ways we may not have thought of before so as to bring beauty not just for special occasions but to our everyday life. In our conversation today she's going to talk about how the French approach flowers in their homes a little differently and how it's more of a sacred ritual much like savoring the journey, just as we have to go to the grocery store, turning that journey as well into something to enjoy, something to savor. And shopping for your flowers regularly, weekly, is a ritual to savor on a regular basis. We're also going to talk about what brought her to Paris for the very first time and exactly what that particular experience taught her about running a successful business. Sandra will also share the two women this book is an homage to and the powerful and inspiring role they both played in her life journey and the journey of this book, what we hold in our hands today. And rest assured, we do have a petite plaisir. Sandra has a wonderful petite plaisir to share as she reveals to listeners what she does to set herself up for a beautiful day. And with that, let's get to our conversation. Based in Andover, Massachusetts, but who frequently hops upon to visit France. Welcome to the Simple Sophisticate, Sandra Sigmund. Oh my goodness, Shannon. Thank you so, so much. This is just such a dream and a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, I want to start actually with the name of your business, your flower boutique, Le Fleur, the name of your long running business. You, you've run this business for over 30 years. You began this as a young woman, but there's a lovely story in part 
inspired from your experience in Paris, but also with regards to your mother, would you like to talk a little bit about how the title of your business came about? Yes, of course. So it, it goes back a while and probably when I was the age of like 14, my mother was a floral designer and she put together all these beautiful bouquets. So um, cute story. My father worked for Nabisco cookies. So yeah, he was in sales and one of the sales managers and he would go around to all the grocery stores and he came home one day and he said to my mom, you know, I think your flowers are just as nice as what they have at the grocery store. You, you should come in and present your bouquets to the um, grocery store owner. So my mom said, oh, you know, my flowers aren't good enough, but we all encouraged and we, <laughs> she went in and it was around Mother's Day and oh. the grocery store owner said like, I want like 200 bouquets. And my mother was like, oh. So of course, yes, of course. That's lovely. So we all were like, so of course at age 14, you know, she needed to recruit workers and why not just recruit (laughs) your children? So I think I was, so my first entry into floral design was not a graceful one. It was like, okay, we have all this work to do. And, um, but I tell the story with a lot of love and because my mom was so sweet, she took me along one of her, um, pick up of florals from the Boston flower market. I'm from Massachusetts. And I remember walking in and I always, I always say to folks, you know, do you remember the first time like you saw something that just took your breath away? You know, whether it's a beautiful beach or beautiful garden or florals or, you know, maybe it's a person, I don't know. But I think when I walked in and saw this array of flowers, like I, I was, you know, so young, I didn't know where flowers came from. And I remember just being like, this it just kind of took my breath away and and I remember this happening a few times in my life one being the first time going to a flower market and the second one my first visit to Paris okay let's talk about that (laughs) because you you didn't just go to Paris on a trip you went there to I'll let you explain something that had nothing to do with flowers but it gave you an opportunity to explore flowers yeah share with us what brought you to Paris the first time yeah so again you know I got to Paris and I was offered a job. It's it's kind of a crazy story. So not only was I a student and a floral designer after school and wanted to see my friends, of course, I also was a figure skater, a competitive figure skater. And at age 19, had the opportunity to skate with Holiday on Ice. It's like Stars on Ice. Oh, um, yeah. And our headliner was the German champion Katarina Witt. So it was based in Europe. Oh, yeah, so wow. I know for all you folks that know Katarina, she yeah. was lovely. So we were based in Paris, but okay. we would branch off and go to different countries. A lot of times Germany, oh, of course. So, so, so it was really, yeah. yes, yes. So it was really such an amazing experience. I was based there for 18 months. So our shows were in the evening. So a lot of times during the day, not that I had nothing to do, but, you know, you can only see so many museums and right. walk around. And so I just started gravitating to flower shops because it connected me to my mom. I think maybe I was a little homesick. I think I saw things at French flower shops I had never seen in the U.S. And I was just like, this is amazing. And and again, (laughs) had that feeling inside me that that just like, oh, you know, like it just, I just this energy about it. And I just loved it. And I loved everything about Paris, the architecture, the long boulevards, the way the cafes and people would sit and drink their coffees and not rush around in with styrofoam cups. Right. So I think I just started noticing all these nuances, you know, when you're 19, when it doesn't happen too often, I would say, but it did happen to me. And I think I just started talking to my mom on these phone calls, these weekly phone calls, I started talking more about flowers than skating. And I thought, huh, I, you know, I thought like, well, this is what my mom does. But then I noticed I started seeing how the French did things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, in France, I think um, shopping for your goods for the day or the week is, is really considered something that's almost sacred. Like you go pick out the most beautiful you know, baguette, and you take your time picking out the fromage, the cheese, and everything about the process, I I just thought was like, wow, this is just so incredibly different. But I loved it. And I loved when people came to the flower shops that there was conversations and the flowers they used were in season, they didn't try to 
you know, so I think just all of this just brought me. And so I just fell in love. I just kind of was like, this is just something. And that's, I think, how I got to France and how I started looking at the flower shops. Well, and I love the story that you share in the book that because of your, your curiosity and you just, as you just said, something spoke to you very innately, very sincerely, you started to poke around in some of these floral shops and you started to work at one. <laughs> I, did. I, mean, I think that-, that it takes courage, but it also, I mean, maybe it's a little bit of blit about, you know, ignorance is bliss. You just, I'm curious, teach me more. And you just kind of tell yeah. us a little bit yeah. about that experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, anybody who either works at a flower shop, owns a flower shop or any kind of business, I mean, free help is free help, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was willing to sweep the floor, clean buckets, you know, whatever. I, I just wanted to be, I just was excited. I had enthusiasm. I think they just were like, oh, okay. And then I kind of used the excuse that my French was really bad, that I wanted to learn French a little bit more okay. and they okay. wanted to learn English a little bit more. And oh. we joked how we spoke the language of flowers. You know, so love it. I love it. yeah, so I think we just kind of, I just kind of was like the mascot. I think they just, you know, brought me <laughs> in and, and um, yeah, so in the beginning it was really, I mean, I, I was truly doing manual kind of like okay. below designer level, yeah. you know, jobs, but I just loved it. And I just oh. would find myself there every day. And the flower shop I would gravitate to was the one in my neighborhood and it was called oh. Le Fleur. It was called the name that you use now in your business. Yes. I love yes. this. I love this. Yes. Well, yes. And you mentioned um, that the French pick out their flowers, like they pick out their cheese. And, and you alluded to that in your last, in just a second ago. And, and I love that idea of everyday elegance and, and elevating the everyday. And that, it, I found that too, with when I share this idea on my blog, that readers were like, oh, I can buy flowers just for me. I can, I can bring flowers in just because it's Monday. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the difference as you started to do between the French approach to, to flowers yeah. and, and we don't have to compare so much. It's just, let's talk sure. about the French approach. I love it. I think it speaks to this oh, idea of elevating cool. the everyday beautifully. Well, I think you said it eloquently in France, they don't buy for just occasions like we do here a lot in the States. And, you know, I've owned my shop for 30 years and yes, a lot of folks still come in for a birthday, anniversary, and in traditional occasions in their life. But we did notice that folks were in France coming in and just having conversations with us and saying, well, you know, I have this beautiful vase, vase that was passed down from my grandmother that I just, you know, put on my entry table and her favorite flower was this. And, and I was like, wow, they're actually having conversations with the customer, not like grab and go and right. what's in your cooler and what's quick. <laughs> and I, right. yeah. And also flower prices in, in France, because a lot of it comes from Holland was also more affordable. Okay. So, so I think I, sense. because they really do in season flowers are important that they don't try to get peonies in December that they use what is available and what is season. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And the other thing too is I love how the French put their bouquets together and it's very simple and elegant. Where here, I I find a lot of folks sometimes ask us for more elaborate things. And of course, for occasion. So I, I noticed like sometimes simplicity, again, the simple things of like just a beautiful piece of, you know, cheese instead of 10 different cheeses, like, yeah. yeah. Well, and so. I, you know, you, you spoke, I was reading an interview you gave, and I want to talk about this real quick because you talk about not having the elaborate, not, not the, but your bouquets are still, oh my gosh, they're amazing. And you walk through people through it with recipes in your book on how to put certain flowers and then what container to use, literally telling them what pieces to put together and how to do it. But can you talk a little bit about this cover? Because this was, <laughs> this came about, I think very serendipitously too. There was another color cover that you're going to choose, but you yeah. said, no, 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 this one is it. And there's a lot of pieces to this. Can you walk through the cover of your book and the bouquet and the, and the, yeah. and the container? Yeah. Yeah. So the container was purchased in France. And it's from my own collection. Um, it's a Jardinier container. And I loved it from day one. And I have filled it along the way for different things. And I filled it for one picture in the book. And it's actually still in the book. It's with tulips and, you know, a little darker colors. And um, 
it was beautiful. It, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I loved it. It was like lilac <laughs> and this and that, but it was a little bit more on the darker side. And in, and Rizzoli was so wonderful. They're my publisher in New York. They were so wonderful. And they said, we really think this is the strongest contender. And, and I loved it too, but I, I, I don't know. Again, you know that inner voice in you, you know, in your your gut or your instinct, whatever you want to call it. And I just was this little voice kept saying, I think I think it can be better. You can do better. And I know this sounds probably crazy to people, but I really, really, really wanted this photograph um, cover to be shot in France. Ah, the backstory and, the, the, I, that makes sense. Yeah. To me. OK, so I went to them and said, would you give me the opportunity to reshoot this? That's awesome. And they, or not reshoot it, but try again. Kept and through, I said, yeah. and if, yes. And I said, if this doesn't work out, I will go with the first choice. Okay. I, I, I did say that. And they yeah. said, well, that's fine, but you have one week. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. So my, so I'll never forget. I'm wrapping the jardinier. I'm stuffing it in my suitcase and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. isn't that from France? I was like, yes. And I'll bring it back. <laughs> I, this is a good decision. It's a, it's a very inviting yeah. cover. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah. we, you talk a lot about containers in here. Thank you for this, by the way, because this is something I know I'm very much lacking, but I appreciate the, the artistry, but also the treasure hunt that takes place to find these. Would you walk us through a little bit about how you look for a particular container or what draws your eye and you say, yep, that's going to be for this particular bouquet. I mean, the book is very helpful about in specificity listeners, but I would love for you just to kind of give us a taste. Mm -hmm. How do you, mm -hmm. what are some things you said? Teapot was one, a, a soup terrine, which I just love these ideas. I would not have done it. Um, please take us through your approach and, and yeah, how it plays a role yeah. in the artistry. I think, again, in France, you know, they're really about this, you know, meaningful pieces, like example, your wardrobe in France, like, they don't want to have five different black blazers, they want one really good one. You know, they, they really are thoughtful with their choices. And I really adopted that and thought, well, this is really so nice. And, and they were bringing in family heirloom treasures, sometimes simple things, you know, didn't have to be this, like, you know, passed down, very expensive piece of Limoges or whatever. Sometimes it was just really something that was meaningful to them. And I really loved that it had a soul, had a story. We were repurposing. We weren't, We like I have a, a lady who works for me. She goes, you know, like those, we call them like throwaway vases, you know, they're just the vases that are just being mass produced, oh, yeah. you know, and, and that's yeah. sometimes necessary, you know, it's a, a necessary, right. you know, thing we do have to use, but I don't know. I loved this. And then I think the other thing is when I was really um, sitting quietly thinking about how this book would play out, a lot of times people were like, oh, you're going to do it seasonally, right? What you do in the fall, what you do in the spring. And I said, no, that's great. And I, I believe in that. But I said, I really think the question I get asked the most in my shop for the last 30 years is, where do I put this? Or what else can I do for my mantle dining room table, oh. kitchen, bathroom. So I, I started really listening about people asking me about locations. And I thought, well, why don't I pair it with, you know, what they're asking me, but with maybe some interesting things they have around the home that they could yeah. maybe reuse, recycle, whatever. And I thought, well, wouldn't this be just a, such a nice marriage to put all those things and ideas together in a book with recipes? Because fun fact, when we're doing big events or weddings or anything, we're always like, well, what's the recipe? We're like, I don't know if it's a flour term, oh, but really? we're always like, so recipes are also not only used in cookbooks, but there, it is used in the flour trade as well. There will be like, what's that. the recipe for, yeah. You know, like the wedding, what's the recipe for, you know, the large arrangements at the ceremony. So it just was a term we always use. I didn't know so that. I thought, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I and that and that's what drew drew me into it being a layman. I'm thinking, okay, this is approachable the way it's laid out, the way it's organized, and then you call them recipes. I'm like, okay, well, if I can cook, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, readers or listeners, if as yeah, we're talking about this, yeah. I'm looking at all the recipes, and you'll you you see the 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 numeration of the methods, step one, step two. You mm -hmm. see the list of ingredients. Mm -hmm. You see the items you need in pictures, the container, the location you would put it, and the season. I mean, this is just like a cookbook. And then she has the, the pairing with a beautiful photography. So yeah, this, mm -hmm. this is a unique approach to a, to a floral book um, in that regard specifically, but uh, all sorts of other things as well. But this is what really caught my eye as being unique and 
really helpful because you just said, how do I bring them in? And I, I didn't even think about where to put them because then you also have that in the book. These are ideas for your mantelpiece. These are ideas for your dinner. This, these are and my favorite, yeah. the side table, because that's what I'm always doing. Yeah. It's like with the side table and my, by my bedroom, by the, my, my, my reading yeah. book, things yeah. like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it was, a, I love this approach. It was a fantastic. Thank time. you. Yeah. Well, I think as, as like a homeowner, you, you get really, you know, consistent in putting things in the same locations. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think sometimes just thinking outside of that, you know, belief system would is sometimes, you know, why not? Why not try something here? Or maybe you bring something outside or you just try different approaches. And I, I really love that. And well, I think it's a very French thing too. It's a very French thing. Well, and you're the expert too. So people will start to tr- can trust. Okay. Maybe I, sh- okay. Instead of maybe they Why would have not? doubted yeah. themselves to try putting it there. And it's like, okay, if she says it's a good yeah. idea, maybe I should give it a go. <laughs> and then they're like, Oh, and yeah. then just to see yeah. it perceptually in the room. It's like, Oh, yeah. that does make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the, the, and you talked a bit about it, but the idea of French floral design principles, and you lay them out specifically in the book. But what I really appreciate it, because I've always been one of those people that take the baby's breath out, take this, I, I don't like the filler. I've always said, take the filler out. And you talk mm-hmm. about this, that the French don't, t- they do not use filler. They though tuck in unexpected greenery for surprise appeal, which I love. Mm-hmm. What are some examples of these surprises? <laughs> Yeah. And again, first time in France, I was like, saw one of the designers bring out this like wand of rosemary and like tucking herbs and and wildflowers. And I was like, well, what? And I'm saying to myself, mom, they don't use baby's breath and leather leaf. Not that anything's bad with it. No, no, no. It's just a different. Yeah. But it was just so eye opening. And, and, you know, in the fall, there was like different types of oat grass and this and that. And I was like, I just, again, just was marveled at how just different. And when you went to the wholesaler in Paris called Rongis, and if anybody ever wants to take a tour, they actually do a tour oh. at like five o'clock in the morning, but it's so worth okay. it. It's like a little Mecca, or like a little city in within itself where you can go wear plants and oh. wholesalers, but that's a whole nother, oh. whole nother story. <laughs> but back again, they have actually one vendor at Rongis and his sole product is greenery and little different types of greenery and types of fern and I've never seen so many types of fern I've never seen so many types of grasses herbs like you know and these are all things that are medicinal they have meaning behind them and I just thought they smell amazing and I just was like this is for me life-changing <laughs> so of course I moved back I moved back to the states and we can get into that story but I know because I'm just this like probably crazy flower girl that I, uh, my husband actually teases me. He's like, let me get this straight. So you're in your garden all day, honey. You go to work, you play with flowers. And then at home, you're still <laughs> out in the garden again. And I am. I what am, a dream. Too. Yeah. And, I'm, and I remember, you know, for a wedding one time I went out and tucked, you know, cut, snipped some um, lamb's ear because I thought the petals had this really soft green and I added them into these like arrangements. And, you know, I think I'm always trying to find that latest, greatest, new thing I can use in my um my designs just because I love it yeah. and it makes me happy well and it seems like it I was gonna say that, that well you just spoke to that idea you you are living you are doing what you are good at but also what you're passionate about and that comes to life and that's why you have more energy to continue to do it you're not doing something that you it doesn't sit well it doesn't it's not what you're about this is that's where you get your energy from doing what you love and uh no wonder you do it when yeah. you're not at the shop as well i mean at home i i get it and you mentioned your garden you do grow your own uh cutting garden a french cutting garden or mm-hmm. this episode's going to air in the middle of april and i'm curious because we're starting to i'm starting to sow seeds we're thinking about you know people are thinking about annuals but you grow mainly perennials what are some plants people could think about both annuals and perennials to maybe add to their garden to bring that floral component to their, their home? What would you suggest? Well, I think again, you do now, this is when you do have to come into seasons and I'm in new England. So of course right now it's like not so much going on, but (laughs) I think we're all, I mean, all you flower girls, all your gardeners out there, we're all itching to see blooms, right? So my hellebore is starting and then your daffodils. I use a great source. If anybody wants wonderful, beautiful bulbs, um, Brex, they're called Brex. They're in Holland. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I got my Brex bulbs, got them in in the fall. So those are all going to start blooming. My hyacinths, my 
muscari, my double daffodils, and they just have these varieties that are just so incredibly amazing. My, of course, my double gorgeous peony tulips that I just die for. They're just these like double. They just keep opening and, up, yeah. Yeah, they're just stunning. And then we start moving into more like June you know, July. And that's when um, June is really when all the peonies start coming late May, beginning of June is all my peonies. And um, I use a great grower, Alderman Peony Farm in Oregon. They're amazing. Oh, wait, in Oregon? Out here? What what are they called again? What are they called again? Adelman. A-D-E-L-M-A-N. And they just, uh, they send you the bare root, you get them in the ground, you can't touch them for like two years, you just have to ignore them. And then they just show up in a big way, year two, year three, year four. And your your peonies are these like, again, just colors and textures and things you've never seen. So I could go on for days. And then, you know, then we just keep progressing through, you know, and then New England fall is just gorgeous, stunning. The yeah. colors, yeah, just stunningly gorgeous. So I'm a big believer, like just you can look outside of your own home and see what's growing around. And foraging is like a huge I wouldn't say trend, but I think a lot of folks do like to go and pick, you know, lilacs in their best friend's yard or <laughs> just be careful. Yeah, just ask. Yeah, but branches. But yeah, you're yeah, right. There's so, yeah. many, there's so many ways to, to bring yeah. in beauty from the yeah. outdoors. I I think when I go out in um, some of my, my trees have berries on them in the spring and their blossoms and I have to trim my trees in the spring. So the extras come in and I put them in bouquets. It's like, well, why not? I'm not going to put that in the compost yet. Uh, might as well bring some beauty into the house. Um, there's ways to do it. It's so true. So I remember calling my mom about all these things and always being like, mom, we should do this. And like, you know, we were more a traditional U.S. styled, you know, flower shop, if you will. Well, actually, true story. My mom never owned her own shop ever. Oh, really? Okay. So she started just doing these bouquets for grocery stores. And then she had the grand idea of like, let's start doing weddings. I was like, mom, you you know how to do weddings. And she's like, but she was very artistic and creative. So we, we started going that route and I started planting the seed saying we need to open a French flower shop. And we, and of course my genius idea, and we need to call it Le Fleur thinking nothing about copyright or whatever. (laughs) I just thought, well, you're in Paris and I'm going to be here. And yeah. yeah. Yes. And And I remember her saying to me, so Sandra, let me get this right. You want to name it Le Fleur. No one's going to be able to either pronounce it or spell it. I was like, <laughs> yes, we, yes, yes. And you did it. And you did and it. We did it. Yes, we yeah. did it. Yes. I love it. We're going to take a quick pause. But if you've ever dreamed of owning an apartment in Paris or had a dream that seemed so impossible and seemed to be taking a long time to come to fruition, you're going to want to stay tuned for the other half of our conversation. We'll be back in two minutes after these sponsors. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. The reviews are in. Honey Love came out on top for the best wedding day shapewear. With Wedding Day Upon Us, this is the ad you've been waiting for. Whether you're a bride, a guest, or looking for an everyday fit, Honey Love is your go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. And you'll immediately feel and see the difference. So for Simple Sophisticate listeners, we have an exclusive offer. Get 20% off your entire order with the code SIMPLE at honeylove.com. Support this show and check them out at honeylove.com. Use that code SIMPLE for 20% off your entire order. So let me just share my experience with shapewear. Wearing pencil skirts. I would often wear shapewear to keep everything slim and trim and no seams. You know the drill. But you also know the drill that it tends to roll up or you tend to not be able to move as comfortably. And well, that's not what we want. We want to be able to engage with our day, feel and look our best. Well, when we're talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. 
the superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. And they also have bodysuits with 360 bonded compression that smooths your tummy and hips. Built-in bus supports lifts without underwire. And shapewear that's comfortable. Yes, it is possible. I cannot wait to wear Honey Love's products when I am wearing that favorite dress that has a slim silhouette. You've seen it on the cooking show. You know what I'm talking about. But you just want to be comfortable with what you're wearing. And that's what Honey Love allows you to do. Ladies, we've all been there struggling to take off a tight piece of shapewear with a bathroom line out the door. Their shapewear has 100% cotton gusset, so you can skip the extra undies. But it doesn't stop there. Honey Love has more than just sculpt wear. They have incredibly comfortable bras, tanks, and leggings for everyday support. Honey Love is just as easy to put on as it is to take off. Thank goodness. <laughs> shapewear shouldn't be hard. Their products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, an event, or your everyday life, bring a boost of confidence by choosing Honey Love. It is the perfect plus one. As a simple, sophisticated listener, why not treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with code SIMPLE. That's honeylove, H-O-N-E-Y-L-O-V-E.com and use the promo code SIMPLE at honeylove.com for 20% off your entire order. The Simple Sophisticate is also sponsored by Bombas. Bombas makes getting active more comfortable with socks that support your sport, breathable t-shirts that keep you from overheating, and underwear made to move with you. Are you ready to get active? Well, think Bombas, the better basics that take sweat-wicking, blister-preventing, friction-free movement seriously. I wear my Bombas socks every single day. We go on so many walks, my pups and I, that I give them a workout. I give the socks a workout, and they hold up. My feet are always comfortable. They've stood the test of time and are in great quality after a couple years of great use. And... I generally want to wear these socks. They are cozy and fun in their multitude of designs. Socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the number one, two, and three most requested items in homeless shelters. That's why for every comfy item you purchase, Bombas donates another comfy item to someone experiencing homelessness. Performance socks are made with technically advanced features like proprietary hex tech, which incorporates sweat-wicking yarn, supportive strategic zone cushioning, and built-in ventilation to increase airflow. Bombas are a gym bag staple that are made to last, and if they experience any wear and tear, Bombas will replace them for life. Yes, you heard that right. For life. Go head to toe Bombas in lightweight t-shirts designed to feel cool against your skin. Underwear so airy and breathable you may forget you're wearing any. And socks designed to make every workout more comfortable. No matter how you like to get active, Bombas has something for you. Gripper socks help you stay balanced in Pilates and bar. Left right foot contoured running socks give you a perfect fit that won't slide in your shoe. And merino wool golf socks keep you comfy and supported all day while on the course. Bomba's 100% happiness guarantee means you're covered for life. Reach out anytime to their happiness team for easy returns, exchanges, or replacements. As a simple, sophisticate listener, go to bombas.com slash sophisticate and use promo code sophisticate for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash sophisticate. And be sure to use the promo code sophisticate at checkout. Let's get right back into our conversation with Sandra Sigmund. Ooh, and a petit plaisir that you won't want to miss. So now people are probably seeking you out. Well, they do seek you out from around the country um, mm -hmm. to travel with you and to come to your shops. And and I want to talk about the trips you take to to France. I know you go on your own to to mm -hmm. source at Brocance, mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. and and you also travel with people um, on tours and you work um, uh, with Sharon Santoni, who's a friend of this podcast. Mm -hmm. You're going to be, I think, I think this is going to air on the 19th of April. So you might be in Provence at the time I of this will. airing. I will. <laughs> so I you're will. Right now. Talk to us a little bit about 
these flower tours um, and floral design tours that you take um, to mm-hmm. France and and what in the future, maybe we can look forward to more, I'm assuming. So mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. this one you're on right now is sold out as of our talking. So people know yeah. about it. They, they scoop it up. But talk us through this. Well, it, it's really a sweet story. I was going to France to fill my store with these amazing containers I started talking about because you just start getting, I, as they say, the bug. And then you're like, <laughs> you, go to, you go to one antique fair in France and you fall in love and you're like, you want more and more. So there's a, a very, very famous... Um, antique fair right outside of Paris called Chateau, which is in the book. And I was there. And of course, we're all Instagramming and saying, oh, we're here. And I got a DM. And this is probably like eight years ago. I got a DM from a friend who says, oh, Sandra, I'm here too. And I was like, oh, great. Good for you. She's like, no, no, I'm, I'm in like Chateau. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, what? And I hadn't seen this friend in like 20 years. We were in college. So I said, what are you doing in Paris at this antique fair? Yeah, I just couldn't get my arms around it. And she said, well, I'm here with Sharon Santoni. Do you know who she is? And I was like, of course I do. You know. <laughs> and for those folks who don't know her, uh, Shannon and I know her well. And she mm. is just an amazing woman, lives in Normandy, married to a Frenchman, and writes the blog, My French Country Home. And has written books as well. And we got to meet we exchanged cards, we said our hellos, we said our goodbyes. And I thought, this is a really cool lady. I really liked her energy. I thought she was just, you know, we both like gardening and flowers. So I got in touch with her. And I was just like, we'd love to talk about maybe coming over to do a buying trip with you. Because I noticed the French were great. And they were telling me how they were presenting at this little brocante. But they told me that they had barns filled with antiques and I was like wow I would love that but you know the French were kind of like oh I need an introduction like who are you you know us Americans were like right. yeah yeah <laughs> um, the, the middle person to kind of yeah yeah so she was really a good person or ally for me to be like well you know how how do I you know source out more things because when I am there and there for a very short period I, I wish I could go over for months but unfortunately with family and businesses so I just said you know I would just really love to come over so I did and we okay. just had the best time together and we were just <laughs> like you know like just wonderful. really really became really good friends and she's like you know we talked about flowers and this and she's like we should do this like she's like I already do these tours but what if we did like a flower garden or what what you do and I thought well, I said, I can try. Like, I, I mean, how many women do I like? What do you think? Men, women, like, what do you think? And she's like, well, it's more, you know, women based, but you know, of course we don't discriminate. Husbands right. are welcome. And she <laughs> said, you know, we could do 10 or 12. I saw in, in, in two weeks, I had the tour completely sold out. People were just like, I think as women, we, it's the type of tour you want to do, but like, you never you never have time for it or you never take time to do a tour where it's just really about what your love is or what you like to do. And I think like-minded women who love all the things we just spoke about, you know, I think taking time out and and taking some joy and doing something that's going to fill you up. You're, you're just going to be a better all around for your family, for your friends. So we encourage this so much. And I think everyone can use a trip to France and, Gosh, yes. Yeah. And for moms too. I love it. Yeah, no, I think yeah. it's fantastic. Congratulations on the success of it. I went back through the different ones. You've, you've, you've done this quite a few years. Yeah. Obviously yeah. had to pause during the pandemic, but now we're mm-hmm. kicking back up again. So I'm excited to see, I'm sure there will be, I'm, I'm assuming there will be more tours on the calendar soon. Are you thinking about adding more so that people can be on a, on a newsletter and be alerted or yeah. something? Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> And um, it's cute because I, I definitely, I probably get at least two or three emails, you know, a week. When's your next tour? You know, and, and, and it does get busy because, you know, France is amazing, but we're both have busy lives, busy schedules. So we, we try to, you know, really be thoughtful in the time of year. So yeah, we're, we're planning this one and then we will next year, hopefully. So I always say, just check back our website, keep checking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. And her website, everyone, is Le Fleur, the name of her shop, L-E-S-F-L-E-U-R-S dot com. So, and I will put that on the show notes, everyone. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's all there. I'll, I'll find it for you. Um, I, you know, you talk about that. Yeah, know, you and Sharon both have full-time businesses and lives right. outside of those tours. I want to talk about this because a lot of listeners 
um, are, are either curious about pursuing their passion or are doing their own thing right now. Mm -hmm. And you are clearly successful in your business. It's, it's been over 30 years. Um, I would love for you to share some of the most powerful lessons you've learned along the way or would offer to anyone who's considering to dare to step toward their passion. Yeah. Well, I think my story from day one has been a little different than I wanted it to be. And what I mean by that is when I came back home, my mom and I did start building the framework for starting Layfleurs. And we opened in 1989 when I was 23 years old. And it was my mother and I were going to do it together. We were going to open this business together. And unfortunately, I mean, my mother had breast cancer and died a month after we opened suddenly. And I was completely devastated in so many ways. And it's now been 30 years and I can talk about it now, but I think, you know, when you get, we all will have things that will devastate us in life and we will all have tragedies or what have you. But I think what I learned from it that was so incredibly powerful is um, that you sometimes have to get up even when you don't want to, and you have to pull yourself up to say, you know, I'm, may not feel like doing this. I just want to crawl and hide somewhere. I want to cry. But I, I guess I had that inner strength. And I honestly, inside, I'm probably going to get choked up. Like I didn't want to disappoint my mother. I wanted yeah. to show her like I could do this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm still, I still get very emotional yeah. because like I see so many women that don't just give up and don't try and don't give it their all. And I'm saying, you know, you're almost there. You, yes, it's hard. It's hard. And you're going to, fall and trip and you're probably not going to be eloquent all the time but you know I I didn't give up and I just got myself back up and I was like okay you know and there was no social media there was no google there was no cell phones I was like how do how am I gonna like do this like I'm 23 I I I I don't have business business experience and this is when I think when angels arrive or people arrive for you that I got a call out of the blue from a um, photographer friend and they said to me, you know, I'm doing this bridal show, you know, you should do it. And like the person was really sweet to me and said, you know, I, I know you just started out, but I, you know, I think you really have nice designs. They're very different, <laughs> very different. And I think you should do this, this, this um, wedding show. And I remember calling, it was in downtown Boston. I remember calling the venue, this big, this big, um, it was like a huge hotel. And I remember calling them and they said my, you know, the, the events in like a couple of weeks. And I said, Oh, okay, well, if there's any ever cancellations and I literally got a call the next day saying there'd been a cancellation wow. and would wow. I like to take that person's space. And again, I think things show up in your life. And I think God or the universe or whatever universe. would like, give this girl a little break because I was, I was out of, I didn't know what to do at right. this point. Right. And I, and I said, I, okay, I'm going to, do the bouquets just like I learned in Paris and what my mother taught me I'm gonna decorate it and I showed up and I was enthusiastic and I was so excited I think brides felt bad for me because I was like (laughs) I was so excited and just and I booked 38 weddings wow oh my gosh that is that 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 is awesome so I was like yourself out there yeah I did oh I was frightened and yeah, I was frightened. I was like this, you know, and, but I think I was like, my figure skating came in really handy. And I'll tell you why, when okay, you're yeah. learning how to do it, say a, a triple jump or a double acro oh or whatever, you don't <laughs> land it the first time. Trust me, you fall a lot, a lot, you, a lot of bruising, yeah. a lot of bruising. And you're, you know, you're like, I'm never going to get this, but you know what you yeah. do, you get back up, you get back yeah. up and you try it again. It's yeah. like children when they're learning how to walk. Do you tell your kids, oh, you're never going to learn how to walk. Might as well give it up. <laughs> Stay in that stroller. No, but as parents, we encourage. We say, come on, you got yeah. this. You so I think I was really fortunate. I had some wonderful coaches who I just said, you know, I had them in my ear. And I was like, nope, get back up. Get back up. You got this. You know, and there's been so many bumps and things along the way. But I, I just have, um, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's an inner strength. Maybe it's just. Your mom. Something about me, my mom. Yeah, I think I just, I've always um, had this, you know, in my heart to like give everything I have and I don't give up very easily. That's awesome. Yeah. No, yeah. When you speak about sport, I, I, I was speaking about this with someone recently. There's something about having the experience of sports, regardless of the age, but if you've been at it long enough, there's a willpower that's strengthened and a confidence, as you just explained, that's built because you know that just because you fall down, 
you know you can keep going and something positive will come out of it. Um, and it, it doesn't seem to be relatable to, to, to your adult experience, but there is something unconsciously within you. Your subconscious goes, well, that's okay. I fell down. Let's keep going. Mm-hmm. And, and you, as if you've run a business for over 30 years, as you just said, it's not all smooth sailing, but no. you, you keep, you keep going forward and you keep tapping into what you're good at and what you love and what's true to you. And people are gravitate, gravitate, well, just that, that, that show, they gravitated to you. There was something genuine that there was an energy coming from you. I'm sure of it. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's kind of that intangible something. You have to step forward without knowing how it's going to be. But if you believe in it, if, if there's something that speaks to you and you did, you brought this unique experience of having been in Paris working in a flower shop and seeing <laughs> something, as you said, most people wouldn't have seen that. And that's, their eyes were drawn to it. I, it's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. And um, as your as you said, your shop is an homage um, to your mother. Yeah, I know yeah. she's probably very. very I always proud. I always say she's looking down on me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, a little thing you just briefly mentioned your book, but I know I know <laughs> <laughs> that people are going to be excited for you and with you as you do this. And I'm excited to see what happens with it. So what I'm Thank talking you. about. So she br- barely briefly mentions this in her introduction. She shares that after 30 years, her and her husband and many, many, uh, many hours of paperwork, they now own an apartment in the sixth arrondissement in Paris. And they just, that this just happened the last six or seven months. And I want you just to explain your hopes, what this means to you and what you're excited about. Yeah. Well, that's another amazing, crazy story. So I think my <laughs> poor husband has heard me talk about France. So when I did leave France, when I was in my early twenties, I remember leaving and look literally leaving in a car driving to the airport. And I remember just looking back and saying, this cannot be the last time I ever live here again. And I thought, I don't know when, where, what, how I will ever get back here, but I'm just going to pray someday it will happen. And of course life takes over. You, you start having children you start building a business and life gets kind of crazy. And I think when the pandemic hit, I think, Everyone just started was like on pause. And I think for me, and I know some of my friends, we all just got to really reflect and think about what is really important, what is something that's probably been on a bucket list or a want or wish. And I think I started just maybe that little tug to get back to France was getting stronger and stronger. And I think my husband recognized it. And we got a call from a realtor because I was always keeping in touch with the realtors. Like, oh, okay. I was going to ask you how this came uh, about. Yeah. That's how you do it. Okay. I yeah. love it. And I, yeah. And I got a call from a realtor um, who's kind of a, a referral from someone. And I just said, you know, you know, he called me and he said, you know, people are, are not really moving back to the city just yet. You know, if you guys are still interested, there are some apartments. And he's like, and I know you really like this one area. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was really funny. He's like, would you, would you by chance look at another arrondissement? And I was like, well, I really love the left bank. I love that area. It's just so charming. And yeah. it's just what I knew. And I was also I had this like one street I really loved. And he's like, oh, let me get rid of the street. You have an arrondissement, but also a street you really like. I was like, yeah. <laughs> So, of course, we fly over. My husband is really a, a sweetest man. And he says, well, why don't we just fly over for the weekend? We'll just, you know, explore and, and see what's available. And I said, okay. So he sets it up that we're looking at the first day we land on Friday, like six or seven apartments. And then the next day, like two apartments and all in those areas. And I did have some requirements. I was like, one is the location. Like I kind of want number two, I said, it doesn't have to be huge, but there needs to be some natural light. I don't want to feel like I'm in a closet. And number three, I was like, I don't know if we can really have a, like a lot of renovations. Cause I don't, I will not be living there full time. And so we, though, I mean, that was about loosely where we were at. So when we looked at the apartments, none of them fit that criteria. And that was oh, like no. a little, I know, yeah. it was a little bit like, oh, okay. Yeah. Am I, and I'm hearing from friends and other people that like this could take years or this could take a long time. Like any of us who've tried to purchase yeah. property anywhere, yeah. even yeah. in the in the States. Yeah, so the next morning, my husband woke me up and he nudged me. And of course, total jet lag. And he's like, honey, what about this apartment? It's in that area you like. And I was like, what? Where Where are you finding apartments? Like, where, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in France, they do it differently. It's by the agency. Every agent, agency in Paris lists what they have for offerings. 
So you may never know like what another agency might have. They don't have this big MFL MLS listing. They don't have that. It's just a little different in France. So we sent it over. I mean, we're talking like eight o'clock in the morning. We sent it over to our real estate agent and he said that just went on the market. Oh, wow. On Friday, that Friday. So now it's Saturday morning and we said, oh my goodness, can, can, can we go see it? We're only here for the weekend. He said, no, no no, no one's going to show it to you. It's a Saturday. It's last minute. I barely could get the other two right. for you. I remember and, reading about this. Yeah, okay. So I was like, so I was like, please, can you try? And so he <laughs> sends it over to the real estate agent and she was lovely. And she said, you know, so I can do it right now because I have to go babysit my French grandchildren. So of course we said, okay, so I'm throwing on clothes. We're rushing around. <laughs> we're like, ah, you know, we get into the, the, the Uber, we're racing over and I look up and I said, oh my goodness, honey, it's the street. It was my street. Oh, no way. And I had like goosebumps and I was like, serendipity. Oh my God. I know. And so my husband's like, oh, we don't stand a chance here. <laughs> so we, we will be yeah. owning a bar. Yeah, so we walk beautiful. upstairs and it's like a huge balcony, light pouring in, everything. And I was just like, and you know when you have that again that just like that feeling and you're just yeah. like and it was yeah. a I hate to say it but it was a hell yes <laughs> and I, I <laughs> said to my husband I'll sweep the floors I'll do whatever it takes and he was like oh okay and so um <laughs> that's a beautiful story I, yeah. I a lot of yeah. it think I think of it in the in this manner of you know you put your intention out in the world and you started to do it back when you were in your early 20s yeah. but then you just kept and as you just said that reflection during the pandemic and then you said the street <laughs> and you said the around a smile and your husband knew what you were looking for and yeah. it I all mean, talk about like and, and yeah also, I don't want people to come away from this podcast as like, oh my God, everything this girl wants or wishes. No, 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 no. no, no. You work so I, hard. Oh. I, will, I have had so much up and down. Like I will share another story about the book. I was in Paris shopping for my apartment and I was okay. over the moon excited. So I'm texting my friend and that's like yeah. another crazy story. And I'm texting her saying, oh my goodness, we have to come back. We have to, we shot about 80% of the book. And I said, you know, yeah. And I said to my dear friend, you know, we're going to finish the book. And this was all your grand idea. Like I was, you know, just, it was a crazy story, but long story short, I came home and my friend passed away suddenly. And I, again, was completely devastated and was like, I mean, I just was like, I can't even believe this is happening again to me. This is so hard. I mean, I just feel like I wanted to just again crawl and I almost didn't finish the book I almost said like I just can't Mm -hmm. and it was really hard again to pick myself back up to finish this so this book even has more meaning to it besides for my mom this is also um, dedicated to my friend Kendra because without her this none of this would have been happened none of this she is just a shining star so I um yeah so I again I just feel like your journey is your journey and there's going to be ups and downs and highs and lows. So, well, yeah, to, to, yeah. to, to savor, to savor one of your soaring, to learn and to, to, to honor, honor through grief. However, that is for each of us when we lose what something that's so dear, I'm sorry of your, of your passing of your friend. Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how, how did this book come about? Was this a, a pr- how long of a journey is a book like this? How does how does that how does that play out? I guess. Yes, I I never wrote a book before, so that's number one. I I mean I admired those who did. Um, Sharon being one of them, I thought I can't even imagine where to start, where to begin. So I was heading to France for a buying trip, and of course stopping at Sharon's place in Normandy. And my friend Kendra was a photographer, and we worked together on a lot of editorial work. I was the stylist slash floral designer and she was the brilliant photographer so she asked if she could tag along and I said yes of course I'll come you know and she I said well we're going to go to my friend's garden and her garden spectacular she goes well maybe I could shoot some of her garden for editorial work and I said yes of course you're going to love it and then I said well I'm going to be just you know playing with flowers and doing things and she said um, I said to her would you mind just sharing a few for my website? <laughs> she said, Good idea. Sure. Yeah. So she said, sure. So of course, then we head back to Paris and I'm dragging her to every flower shop, every garden, 
every antique fair. And we came back from the trip exhausted, but with ha- with happy hearts. And you know, we were just so like happy and it was such a great trip. And we were like, wow. And she called me and she said, you have to come over to my house. You have to see the pictures. And I was like, oh, they're great. They're gonna be great for my website, my blog. And she's like, oh no, 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 you're gonna, we're gonna do a book. And I was like, what? That's how it happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she see. shot, Shannon, she shot 10,000 pictures. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Oh, so I was like, beautiful. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. The so, genesis of this. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, the photography is stunning in here. She, yeah. Uh, she's just so we, um, we laughed. So what we did is, um, we, you know, we just did the shooting in Paris. And then, um, I'd say a few months later, COVID hit. And she says to me, okay, now you have to go write your book proposal. I was like, what, what's a book proposal? Like, what do you mean? She's like, (laughs) you know, you have to put all your, you know, chapters and your introduction and the storyline. And I was like, uh, and she's like, yeah, everything you talked about when you were with me. And I was like, Kendra, like, I'm not a writer. And, and she's like, yeah, but you write your blogs. You'll be fine. And I was just like, oh my goodness. So I remember going home. It's now COVID. All the kids are on computers all over the house. And I sat in front of my computer going, Okay. Okay. I got this. I got this. So I literally Googled, how do you write a book proposal? And well, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I had the time and I was like, all right, I'll just work my way go. through it. And then I had another good friend who is a writer. Her name is Victoria, who ended up, is this been so, so dear to me. I sent it to her and I was like, ah, what do you think? And she's like, okay, <laughs> we're going to like fix it up. And we fixed it up and then Kendra's husband was an art director. So he put together our words our, and he put it in this beautiful presentation. And again, because of COVID people were sitting at home. So we were able to get a zoom call with a really, really amazing agent who became my agent, Leslie Stoker. Okay. She's amazing. Okay. And we said, you know, we just have this kind of flower book. What do you think? And she loved it. She fell in love with the story. And she's like, I think, I, I think, I think, you know, I, I think someone would really like this story, this book, and the pictures are gorgeous, like you mentioned. And lo and behold, we had a book, we had a book deal from Rizzoli. And I was just like, oh, wow, wow, we have to like do the book now. So. <laughs> well, and wow. just as wow. we're, we're taking this, you're number one new release right now yeah. on Floral Books. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, and Victoria was so sweet because I would write the floral recipes because she said, Sandra, I'm not a floral designer. I don't understand, you know, flower talk. So I would write the floral recipes, hand it off to her, and then she would kind of, uh, you know, I don't know what you mean by this. And I, and like, I'm just a layman who would have to do this recipe. So she was really, really helpful in just kind of breaking it down into bite size, you know, bits that people could understand and apply to the floral design. So that was really great for me because I was getting really technical sometimes. And she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, so it was, it was kind of nice. Yeah, no, your expertise is there, but it's approachable in, in the in the in the context or the syntax and the and the grand the diction that are chosen. Um, no, I, as I said earlier, that the, that organization I think is is helpful. Like I said, for me, I sit there and go, I would love this, but I can't figure out how to put it in with all the the details that make it what it becomes, and that's the artistry that you bring to to your work, but also have shared in this book. Um, so it's it's a wonderful. It's a wonderful book. I'm really excited for readers to get their hands on it. Um, I, we have one question left, but it is the question we always ask our guests at the end of our show. Um, it has to do with France. Um, uh, it is a petit plaisir. So a little something that you enjoy that makes the everyday all the more enjoyable. What is one? And you can share more than one. I've had guests share more than one. So if you can't just choose, choose, share as many as you want. But what are some simple pleasures that you enjoy in your everyday that just elevate it and that just take it to a level of deep appreciation and enjoyment? Such a great question. Well, when I'm home here in New England, I think what I used to do is I would start my day like it was a race. And I just you know, run downstairs, start the coffee, get kids to school. And I just never paused. I never woke up. And I was always like wondering by, by nine, 10 o'clock, I was anxious and not my best self. And I started taking this time in the morning to stop and to say, you know, what, how was my day to almost set up my day. And I think that was like a 
way for me to have success in my day because I think, you know, uh, start the start of your day is so, so important. So for me, I try now, um, because I was a figure skater for so long, I have to admit, I do some yoga in the morning when I rise and I do not look at my phone at all. I try not to. Yeah. I try yeah. to just put it in another room and I start my day off with, um, green tea or peppermint tea. So that's like my petit peu that I just have this very quiet time. I do have to wake up a tad earlier to do this, but I think for me, it sets me up for such a beautiful day. And I try to really, even if I'm having the worst of days, I try to find one piece of little gratitude and it could just be, wow, today it's not raining or it's not snowing or or, I get wow. to go out in the garden. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And and maybe it sounds really, really simple, but I, I have, this is something that just is now part of my morning routine that brings me so, so much joy. I think you've exemplified beautifully the idea of how simple is the key to, 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 to having great enjoyment in the every day because that's what we have we have our days literally yeah. that's what we have every day so i really appreciate your example um thank you very much for sharing oh. that listeners sandra sigmund's new book is french blooms floral arrangements inspired by paris and beyond inside find simple to follow recipes as i just talked about to arrange all sorts of different bouquets it is out now learn more about her shop le fleur workshops and trips to france on her website lefleur.com and follow her on instagram at lefleur andover congratulations again and thank you so much for joining me sandra oh merci merci extend my gratitude again to Sandra for taking the time to talk about her book and share even more backstory of this journey of how this book came to be and also her love for the French culture and how she brought it into her everyday life. As I mentioned during our conversation right now, as of the airing of this episode, Sandra is in Provence with, um, with Sharon Santoni. So be sure to follow her on Instagram to get glimpses of Paris as well as Provence. You can follow her on two different accounts, um, Le Fleur, L-E-S-F-L-E-U-R-S, Andover. I specifically like following her on her Le Fleur via Sandra. So L-E-S-F-L-E-U-R-S-V-I-A-S-A-N-D-R-A. Um, a little bit more personal images and captures. And she shares beautiful photography. You can find everything we talked about and mentioned during our conversation on the show notes on the blog, the Simply Luxurious Life.com slash podcast 355. So episode 355. And I will link to her Instagram account. I'll link to her book. I'll link to her Petit Plaisir, her favorite green tea, as well as a handful of the other mentions that were that were shared. If you are looking for floral inspiration that is approachable yet wonderfully beautiful and Parisian inspired, be sure to check out her new book, French Blooms, Floral Arrangements Inspired by Paris and Beyond. And Sharon Santoni wrote the foreword for this book. So those of you who want to get to know her a little bit more, um, be sure to check it out. Sandra, you should be very proud. It's a beautiful first book, of which I have a feeling there will be more to come. <laughs> All right, before we wrap up, I want to take a, a moment to extend uh, such a... Oh my gosh, such immense gratitude to a listener who has been following the podcast and the blog for some time now. They live in Great Britain. The handle on the review is Chris8642, and they wrote, excellent podcast, five stars. I love the sincerity and the honesty in this review, so take a listen. I love this podcast now. Being a cynical Brit, it took a while to acclimatize. But now I thoroughly enjoy it and look forward to each new one. Shannon covers so much good stuff. The basic premise of cultivating a life of contentment is vital in today's overwhelmed world. And Shannon covers so much content about many topics that I love. Cooking, food, wine, gardening, books. With a podcast blog and her books, she has built a whole ecosystem of feel good. 
but it's smart stuff. Shannon is erudite and well-informed. If ever I feel a bit meh or run down and low on energy and inspiration, it's my go-to. I know I'll find something wise and uplifting. Well, your sincerity and honesty and specificity is genuinely a gift, and I thank you for sharing it with future listeners, current listeners, and just letting us know why you tune in to the show, stop by the blog, or pick up the books. Wishing you all a wonderful rest of your week and beautiful rest of the month of April. I'll be back with a brand new episode on Wednesday, May 3rd. It is Francophile Focus again. And here's some exciting news. In May, there are three new episodes. Why? Because British Week falls in May. And so we have our first week, our third week, and the fourth week is British Week. So we'll have three new podcast episodes. Excited to bring them all to you. And I thank you for tuning in today. Bonjour. Thank you for tuning in to the Simple Sophisticate Podcast, where intelligent living is paired with signature style. For more ideas and inspiration throughout the week, visit the blog, The Simply Luxurious Life, with the shortened URL, tsll.co, or thesimplyluxuriouslife.com. For more in-depth exploration of how to cultivate your own unique, simply luxurious life, pick up my new book, which became both a bestseller and number one new release in France Travel, The Road to Le Papillon, Daily Meditations on True Contentment, available in all four formats for your preferred reading or listening. My first book, titled Choosing the Simply Luxurious Life, and my second book, Living the Simply Luxurious Life, are also available in each of the four formats. Readers can now join the more intimate the Simply Luxurious Life international community by becoming members of the blog, which offers the benefits of ad-free reading site-wide, unlimited access and exclusive access to content on the blog, such as the monthly A Couple Moments with Shannon video chat, tours of my home Le Papillon, the monthly What Made Me Smile post, and monthly Ponderings post, as well as the exclusive opportunity to enter all of the giveaways during the annual French and British Weeks. To stay caught up on all things Simply Luxurious, the podcast, blog post, the cooking show, and receive exclusive news, as well as an extra dose of inspiration to jumpstart each new month, subscribe to the Simply Luxurious Live's free monthly newsletter, arriving on the last day of each month in your inbox. There is also a weekly newsletter, which is also free, and arrives each Friday to keep you caught up on the recent weekly posts on the blog. Enjoy with a hot cuppa or cup of morning coffee, and stay in the know about all things Simply Luxurious. Look for two new episodes of this podcast on the first and third Wednesday of each month. And until next time, I'm your host, Shannon Abels. Thank you for tuning in. Bonjour.